What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, 
television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio, five nights a week, Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, Ground Zero dot Radio, the Aftermath FM app, and other platforms, right after Ground Zero Radio with Clyde Lewis. I would like to tell you that I appreciate you coming over to The Secret Teachings from Ground Zero. I want to thank all of you who have subscribed to our archive, who have purchased books. It's really humbling that so many people support what we do. We've been doing this for so long now that I sort of forget all the shows and all the years in between when we started and where we are right now. If you'd like to contact the show tonight, rdgable at yahoo.com. I'd really appreciate your feedback, rdgable at yahoo.com. We don't have a call-in line anymore. We've gone back and forth between having a call in line, not having one, having one, not having one. At the moment, we don't have one, so rdgable at yahoo.com is the best way to get in touch with me. You can also visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. You'll find my books. You'll also find the free archive, or you can search The Secret Teachings on any radio or podcast player or application. If you'd like to get the ad-free version of the show, you can subscribe on that same website, You'll get access to the show, the montages, my digital books, and more, plus a private RSS feed. So I think it's worth the cost. It's $50 for the whole year, and you get 20 shows a month, two hours per show, and you get that every month of the year. So $50 plus you get all my books in digital form, and I believe the digital versions of those books, if you add them up, all four of them, it's about the cost of the subscription itself. So I think it's a good deal. I'm trying to keep it as low as possible, and I'm trying to finance this show to keep us on air. So again, I appreciate all of you who have supported us, who listen to the show, and new listeners who have come over to check us out and see what The Secret Teachings is all about. I really appreciate that. I mean that sincerely. I want you to know that I'm a human. I'm just like you. I just happened to fall into radio over a decade ago, and here I am today. And over the years, there have been things that I have discussed that have been so controversial that I've been removed from radio stations. Some of you might know that. There are some things that are highly controversial, and some radio networks have refused to play those shows because they were too controversial. Now, personally, maybe I'm autistic, maybe I'm socially awkward, maybe I just don't get it, why some things are so offensive, people literally cannot listen to them. I don't intend for this show to be offensive, and I certainly don't intend for tonight's show to be offensive. Although I know that regardless of what I say or how I say it or how I define it, it'll probably be considered highly offensive. But I'm just prefacing with this tonight because I want you to know 
that this is a very complex issue that we're going to discuss. And no matter how I describe this issue, no matter who I am, what my background is, it doesn't matter. Because when you hear the things that I'm going to tell you tonight, maybe I'm just being too aware. Maybe everyone listening can completely handle the subject. And it won't be too offensive. It won't be too controversial. You'll find the controversial aspects of this sprinkled throughout tonight's show. And I'm not going to tell you or share with you anything that is not documented, historical, and provable like something you can see or hold in your hand. What you do with it from there will be entirely up to you. I'm not looking to support or to defend anything. I'm simply presenting you with what I am seeing and what I have learned from extensive historical research and writing books and doing radio over the years. So let's start with this. Apparently, it's okay to punch Nazis here in the United States. Have you heard that before? Punch a Nazi. However, it's perfectly acceptable, in fact, morally necessary, to fund those same Nazis overseas. Now, I shouldn't say same Nazis because the Nazis here in the United States are few and far between. There aren't many white supremacists or white nationalists. I've actually only met one in my entire life. I've met a lot more radical leftist extremists. In fact, I've been assaulted by radical leftist extremists. I've had them try to get me fired from my jobs. I've had Antifa come after me. I've just never dealt with a right-wing extremist. I met one person who used to be a right-wing extremist, and then they got away from it because they stepped away from it because they said it was just a bunch of weird, skinny, white people doing heroin, which... I mean, yeah, what do, you, what, what, what do you think it is? They're not actual <laughs> national socialists. So it's okay to punch Nazis here at home, right? Everybody would agree it's okay to punch Nazis. Personally, I don't think it's okay to punch a Nazi. I don't think it's okay to punch a communist. I believe that we should have conversations. And if somebody assaults you, then maybe you defend yourself. But that's sort of a different situation. Just it's the idea that I'm presenting you. It's okay to punch a Nazi, right? It's not okay to punch a communist, you're supposed to kneel down and kiss their boots. They're trying to make society a more equal place. And although it's okay to punch Nazis at home, we're supposed to simultaneously and morally finance them overseas. Maybe you don't know what I'm talking about. That's fine. That's totally okay. I'm going to explain it to you right now. And I'm going to show you all the links if you want to read about this for yourself. For about eight years now, the Ukrainian government has underplayed the role of neo-Nazi factions in their country and in their society and in their military. They have specifically underplayed the role of the Azov Battalion, which uses the neo-Nazi Wolf's Hook. And they've accepted the Azov Battalion's assistance for at least eight years, going back to 2014, in combating Russia and Russian proxies in Ukraine. Now, the issue in Ukraine is a lot more complicated than any Republican or Democrat will tell you or lead on. And from my perception, my perspective, Republicans tend to say we just need to send them more money 
Democrats say, let's send them more money. But oh, by the way, all that stuff about Nazis over there, that's all made up. The Russians are really evil. And that's one of the things that the left is very, very adamant about, but the right is also adamant. They're just not as adamant about it, but they both tend to agree on this. The left and right also tend to agree on the Trump administration emergency powers for COVID-19. Nobody seems to be disputing that left or right. Likewise, the amount of power and the reliance that the public has to place, at least perceptually, on Congress men and women and senators because of the war in Ukraine, well, that gives them more power and allows them to allocate, as Congress does through the Constitution, boatloads of money. $54 billion as of May. A few more billion dollars have been tacked onto that since then. We don't know the actual number, but we know that 50 plus, I've read 60 plus, it's probably close to 100, but 50 to 60 plus billion dollars have been handed not just to Ukraine and Zelensky, they've been handed to the Ukrainian military, some of its humanitarian aid, quote unquote, some of it is military aid, a lot of it is military aid. And a lot of that military aid is going to groups like, I'm not saying it's going to the Azov Battalion, but they're not the only neo-Nazi group. There are actually several neo-Nazi groups in Ukraine. Several of them, not just Azov. I don't have a list of all the groups. We know that there are at least 30 privately funded volunteer battalions operating in Ukraine as of 2018, according to Reuters. Reuters even published an article, March 20th, 2018, Ukraine's neo-Nazi problem. 30 different neo-Nazi groups working with the Ukrainian military to push back against Russia. That's a lot of Nazis. That's a lot more Nazis than here in the United States. In fact, if you want to take a vacation and fight for social justice, perhaps you should get a plane ticket to Kiev. A lot of Nazis over there to punch. So many that a German news outlet recently... You can watch the video of it. I have a link to it if you'd like to see it. A German news outlet just showed a video where they accidentally filmed a tank, Ukrainian tank, and that Ukrainian tank has a swastika on the side of it. Now, from what I understand, these volunteer, privately funded groups probably don't have a lot of tanks. Maybe some of them do. I mean, this is Eastern Europe after all. But probably not so many. Either way, this tank rolls into town. And here it is. I'll play the clip for you. The big old swastika on it. Munition und von all dem ziemlich viel. Dieser Soldat hatte etwas anderes. Oops, there it is. Oops, there's a, a swastika on a Ukrainian military vehicle driving into this village right in front of the press. They're filming this interaction with uh, what looks like a, uh, a soldier. Well, that's fun, huh? And that's not the only one. Reuters actually published a photograph of a Ukrainian citizen. This was back in June, June 11th. A Ukrainian citizen in the city of Karlov, or Kharkov, excuse me. The city of Kharkov 
and he had a Nazi tattoo. Not, not, not they say Nazi tattoo. What is a Nazi tattoo, right? Well, it's a swastika. That's what they say. It's a swastika, and he didn't have it reversed from the Nazi swastika. It was in the direction of the classical Nazi swastika. Because if you reverse it, it has a different meaning. Normally, the swastika rotates in the other direction. So when the top right is pointing to the top left, it's actually a symbol of love and peace. When you reverse it, it's a symbol of strength, dominance, aggression, war, victory, etc. So here's a Ukrainian citizen in Kharkov with a swastika tattoo. And this was just accidentally photographed and shared by Reuters. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So it's one after another, after another, after another. But you don't have to go to German news outlets or Reuters to find... These types of stories. You might have seen this. You might not have seen this. But according to photographs and videos from the U.S. Capitol this week, just yesterday, Ukrainian military men and women, including the neo-Nazi Azov Battalion, met with Democratic Congressman Adam Schiff on the floor of the U.S. Capitol. There's photographs and videos of it. This is Adam Schiff meeting with literal Nazi Azov soldiers in the actual U.S. Capitol. You don't have to believe me. Look it up for yourself. I can send you the links if you'd like to see it. Also, images of Zelensky standing next to soldiers with death head patches on their Bulletproof vests. Have you seen that one? Skull and crossbones. Now, skull and crossbones goes back to the Templars. The taking of the leg bones and the crossing them and placing the skull in between them. Templars used that symbol on their ships when they raided largely British ships. They became known as the pirates, the pirates of the Caribbean in particular. That's where the idea and the image and the name comes from. And it also became synonymous with the symbol for poison. The Templars were also known to be vicious in battle. And a handful could defeat, kind of like that movie 300, a lot more men than they had. And yes, the death head was used by the SS. And that is what we see, along with swastikas, right next to Zelensky in some of the photographs. And other photographs or videos, it's just tanks rolling through town. And we saw Amnesty International, which tends to lean extremely to the left, 
published a report just a few months ago confirming what we told you because we saw the videos that the Ukrainian military were positioning targets next to schools and hospitals so that when the Russians attack those targets, they're striking schools and hospitals. Even if those schools and hospitals are not filled, the news headline, Russia attacks school, Russia attacks hospital. Amnesty International even reported that the Ukrainians were parking their tanks and their military equipment next to these buildings so when the Russians attacked them, they could use it as propaganda against Russia. Now, I'm not a supporter of Vladimir Putin or Russia. Certainly, I'm not a supporter of Zelensky or Ukraine. And I'm definitely not a supporter of these neo-Nazi groups in Ukraine. But from what we've been told by Russia, it seems that Russia is telling more truth than Zelensky is. See, Zelensky is only concerned with coming to the most powerful Congress in the world and asking for money. Money, 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 more money, more money, more money. Putin, on the other hand, has said he's attempting to denazify and demilitarize Ukraine. He wants to stop the genocide in Ukraine. Now, where is that genocide coming from? The genocide is coming from breakaway regions where Russians, not Ukrainians, Russians are living. And this conflict, just like throughout the Middle East, this conflict goes back to World War II and before. So it's not something that just began. But the Ukrainian military and these neo-Nazi groups have slaughtered tens of thousands of people they themselves, some of the numbers are included, in, they're included in those numbers. Uh, about 14,000 people in the last five, six, seven, eight years have been killed due to regional conflicts between Russians and Ukrainians. Nobody seems to care about the Russians that have been slaughtered in those regions, just the Ukrainians that were told are being attacked by evil Russians who are blowing up schools and hospitals despite the fact that even Amnesty International, about as left-wing as you can get, reported that they were parking their vehicles next to those facilities to get the Russians to attack them. I mean, that's at least wrong, wouldn't you say? So what do we have? We have neo-Nazi groups, dozens of them in Ukraine. We have the Azov Battalion, probably the most famous, which is an admitted neo-Nazi group, meeting in the U.S. Capitol. So American citizens can't walk through the U.S. Capitol. It's Pearl Harbor, 9-11, and the Holocaust. But Nazis can literally fly to the United States if they actually came from Ukraine. They could just be actors. I have no idea. But the Capitol was the home yesterday to a meeting between people like Adam Schiff, Shifty Shift, and literal Nazis. I mean, you couldn't make this up. And there's photographs of it. These aren't fake photographs. These are photographs inside the Capitol by the mainstream media and the press. And there's Schiff standing next to literal, actual Nazis. Some of them in their military fatigues. Now, they weren't all Azov. Some of them were Ukrainian military. But based on what we've seen out of Ukraine, you can't really tell what's neo-Nazi and what's not neo-Nazi especially because there's photographs of Zelensky standing next to uh, soldiers with death heads on. So we don't know what to believe. We've also got Ukrainian soldiers in Kolkov with, well, they've got, just got swastika tattoos. And I mean, 
maybe it's a coincidence, right? In, in, in Karakov, they literally have citizens walking around with Nazi tattoos. And, 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 the, and I remember the Russian uh, 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 government said, are there really that many Nazis? That We didn't even know there were that many Nazis there. You can't take photographs in the city of Karakov without finding literal neo-Nazis. And people say, well, that's Russian propaganda. And that's what's really funny about all this. When you take a look at some of these stories, like in 2014, Ukraine underplays role of far right in conflict. That's BBC News. Take a look at this story, 2018, Ukraine's neo-Nazi problem, Reuters. All the way up to just a few months ago, NBC News published this March 14th. Ukraine's Nazi problem is real, even if Putin's denazification claim isn't. So they tell people Putin didn't actually say that. He doesn't actually mean that. Originally, they told you there were no Nazis. Now they're saying there are Nazis. But I mean, Putin was lying when he said that there were Nazis, but there are Nazis. You see that forked tongue because they don't want to give any credence, any credibility, any kind of um, respect or acknowledgement of what Putin says, because it would be considered to inflate, as one article said, inflating Russian propaganda. So that's where we are. But it gets more complicated than that. Now, personally, once we understand the complications, it becomes simple to understand what's going on. After recent denials, the mainstream media is finally admitting that Putin was right, but he's also not right. There are Nazis, but he's not actually going after the Nazis. Now, when we learn that there are lots of Nazi groups, not just one, not just Azov, which is meeting with Adam Schiff in the U.S. Capitol, where, you know, Ashley Babbitt was killed by some psychotic officer and four other people had heart attacks and strokes or committed suicide, news outlets are simultaneously claiming that it's impossible for there to be Nazis. Why? Well, because Vladimir Zelensky is Jewish. Voldemort, uh, I call him, I almost say Voldemort. Vladimir Zelensky is Jewish, so he can't be a Nazi. Right? That's what I'm reading. I've got Reuters. I've got BBC. I've got NBC. NBC says, Putin's smear is absurd, not least because Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is Jewish. And he has said, don't have any confirmation of this, but he has said that members of his family were killed during World War II. Well, a lot of people were killed during World War II. He didn't even say that they were killed by Nazis or in concentration camps. He just said they were killed during World War II. So let me ask you this question. How is it that Putin can be right, but he's also wrong? There are Nazis, but they're not actual Nazis, because if they were real Nazis, then they would have killed Zelensky. But Zelensky is the one that's running these Nazis, and he's allowing them to work with the Ukrainian military. Something's off here, don't you think? It's a serious question. Don't you think something's off here? What most people don't understand is, you know, who's King Nazi? Adolf Hitler's King Nazi, right? That's all anybody knows. Hitler, Hitler, Hitler. Do you know that Adolf Hitler, here's that controversy I warned you about, although you can find copies of the document. Adolf Hitler was 
behind the establishing of the modern state of Israel through the 1933 Havara Agreement. Now, if you look this up officially, the definition of the Havara Agreement is an agreement between Nazis in Germany and Zionist political Jews who weren't actual Jews. They were political proponents of the Jewish identity, if you will, using that as a shield against political criticism. And that Havara Agreement set up what amounts to, as a lot of Jewish researchers have pointed out, the state of Israel, which acts as a de facto concentration camp in the Middle East for Jewish descendants. And so the question then becomes, what is happening in Ukraine? Why are Nazis being run by a so-called Jewish leader, but they say that Nazis can't exist because he's Jewish? There's something weird going on here. A lot of it has to do with Havara, but there's a lot more than that. I'm going to share it with you tonight on The Secret Teachings. Controversial, perhaps, but enlightening, I think, much more so. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There is a lot more after this. We have a lot more to get to. You don't want to miss it. Stay with us. The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. I hope that you'll check out my new book, Liberty Shrugged. I wrote Liberty Shrugged to provide historical context and to dispel many of the myths that we learn about in American history. Inside the nearly 700-page book, you'll learn about meritocracy, the differences between civil liberties and civil rights, and how Western civilization didn't start slavery, but ended it as an institution that had existed for thousands of years. How many of the founding fathers did indeed own slaves, but what was peculiar about this was that these men would fight to end the institution for a variety of reasons. We look at the real causes of the American Revolution and the American Civil War. We prove without a doubt that slavery was in no way, shape, or form the cause of current socioeconomic issues which affect all people regardless of their color. In other words, this book dispels countless divisive social, cultural, and historical myths in an attempt to objectively find humble gratefulness in the American experience. Get your copy of Liberty Shrugged at thesecretteachings.info in softcover or digital. This is David Icke from davidike.com, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. From Ground Zero to The Secret Teachings, keep your dial tuned to Ground Zero Radio. Want to hear more of The Secret Teachings radio show? Search for the show on any radio or podcast player, or find links and a free archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you want to get rid of those annoying ads and get extra perks like access to the montage archive, digital copies of Ryan's books, and early access to the show, then subscribe to the full show archive at thesecretteachings.info. Visit the website and click the button that says subscribe. You can do so monthly, yearly, or through a one-time donation. Your support always keeps the secret teachings on the air. 
If you enjoy the secret teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. So there have been a lot of recent acknowledgments in the mainstream media that Vladimir Putin was right. There are Nazis in Ukraine. Remember, Putin originally said that he wanted to demilitarize and denazify Ukraine. And the media said, that's insane. There aren't Nazis there. What is he talking about? Then when all the news cameras and all the videos and photographs started to circulate, on the internet and social media, people began to realize, oh, there are a lot of Nazis in Ukraine. In fact, you can find news articles. This shows you how dishonest the media is. You can find news articles from BBC News, Reuters, NBC, all talking about Ukrainian Nazis. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. BBC News 2014. Ukraine underplays role of far right in conflict with Russia. Here's a commentary from Reuters 2018. Ukraine's neo-Nazi problem. Here's an article from earlier this year, March. Ukraine's Nazi problem is real even if Putin's denazification claim isn't. So there aren't Nazis, but there are Nazis. If Putin says there are Nazis, then there aren't Nazis, but we know there are Nazis. But at the same time, NBC News says Putin's smear is absurd because Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is Jewish, so he can't be a Nazi. You know, these definitions are really troublesome, don't you think? We all know that a Nazi is a national socialist. Is there by some definition in some dictionary that I haven't read yet that says if you're a national socialist, then you can be anything except Jewish. Doesn't make any sense. 
And I know that we have, I've actually had a few recent uh, uh, Jewish listeners message me. I'm wondering if just knowing that a few people messaged me recently about our, uh, our Elul show for September, that fake prediction, I'm wondering what you guys think. I mean, can you be a Nazi if you're Jewish? Are we looking at the definition of the word or are we looking at some cultural definition, some political definition of the word? Because I'm pretty confused. So here in the United States, we're allowed to punch Nazis, right? That's the idea. We can punch Nazis. They're bad. But simultaneously, the political extremists that want to, quote, punch Nazis also believe it's morally imperative to fund those same Nazis overseas. Now, to be fair to those extremists, they don't know that they're actually funding Nazis overseas. And regardless of what they think or want, people in Congress are going to vote to support Ukraine, no matter what the people think or say. That's why we've sent 50, as of May, billion dollars, 60-something billion after May. And the number is so high now, we've just lost count. We're looking at 50, 60, 70 billion with a B dollars sent to Ukraine. And no matter how much money we send, just like no matter how much money and how much effort and how much time and how many soldiers died that we put into the war on terror, terrorism just seemed to get worse. No matter how much money we've given to Ukraine, Russia just seems to get more powerful. Isn't that strange? So we know that Ukraine is infested post-World War II infection. They are infested with neo-Nazi groups. They have at least 30 different groups that could be considered neo-Nazi, privately funded volunteer battalions that have been helping for years to fight against Russian separatists. Now, Azov uses Nazi-era symbols, and they, they openly, admittedly, this is not debated, they openly uh, recruit neo-Nazis into their ranks. And this is a Reuters article from four years ago telling us this. So we know that there are Nazis, we know that there are neo-Nazis, we know that there's active recruiting of Nazis, but the media said that doesn't exist, despite the fact that there are news articles from Reuters and BBC and NBC, some from over five years ago. One of them is eight years old that are telling us there's a Nazi problem in Ukraine. But perhaps the weirdest thing is that Nazi battalion, not one of the random 30 privately funded groups, but the Azov battalion that uses the wolf's hook, the Aleph, they were just inside the U.S. Capitol. Did you know that? They were inside the U.S. Capitol yesterday. The Democrats were very excited to meet them. Adam Schiff came out. He was shaking hands, taking pictures, smiling with them in his little white Hitler suit. Same kind of suit Hitler wore, a little bit lighter perhaps. Hitler's was a little bit more tan. But literally, I'm looking at a picture right now of Adam Schiff with neo-Nazis. Not all of them are neo-Nazis, but some of them are neo-Nazis. Some of them are actual Nazis. I don't know what a neo-Nazi is. Is that like uh, is that like Neo from The Matrix? He decided to get involved in politics or something and became a neo-Nazi. I don't know what neo-Nazi means. I know what neo means. I'm just playing around and joking with you. But I, I, they're Nazis. You call them neo-Nazis. Not, it's reverse race. It's just racism. It's not reverse anything. It's not, they're, not neo, they're just Nazis. All right? So you have neo-Nazis 
real Nazis and soldiers from Ukraine meeting in the U.S. Capitol. You don't even see U.S. soldiers being treated this well by members of Congress. You don't see U.S. soldiers being treated this well by the president of the United States. Do you think Joe Biden had no say in allowing these soldiers to come into the U.S. Capitol? I mean, his policies are financing and supporting them. Of course, he's cool with them coming and hanging out in the Capitol. Now, if you're Ashley Babbitt, you get shot. Okay? You don't get to come in the Capitol. But if you're a Ukrainian Nazi, you get to come shake hands with congressmen. In fact, that's your congressman. That's your senator. Adam Schiff works for you if you're a Ukrainian Nazi. Who do you think, if these people are really from Ukraine, who do you think financed their flight here? Probably chartered on a U.S. military jet. If not U.S., they flew their own jet here. I bet the U.S. paid for it. So let me try to get this into straight order here. Actual Nazis were brought into the U.S. Capitol to meet with U.S. representatives, people you vote for, people you pay to represent you. You can't go in the U.S. Capitol, but Nazis can go into the U.S. Capitol. I'm getting reflections of Jim Mars here, the rise of the Fourth Reich. You know, this idea that through Operation Paperclip and others, Nazis infiltrated or in some cases didn't infiltrate. They just literally built NASA and Disney. Uh, They built our entertainment and our military industrial complexes. And I'm getting flashes of that because I'm watching in these photographs U.S. representatives in the Capitol where you're not allowed to go meet with actual Nazis. I'm looking at photos of Zelensky, who is at the U.N., who calls into the U.S. Congress to ask for money, who there are countless photographs of where he's supposed to be in military fatigues fighting the Russians, but it's all a photo op, a TV show he was in, some kind of video that he shot, totally made up, totally fake, He might not even be promoting it. The media is promoting it in the West. Meeting with celebrities. You know, the Snake Island story was fake. The Ghost of Kiev story was fake. The Russian women fighting were fake. That was a paintball or an airsoft gun or something. I mean, so many of these stories have been totally fabricated. And then we watch a German news broadcast. I played it for you earlier. A German news broadcast where the press is speaking to what looks like a Ukrainian soldier, and then here comes a tank rolling down the road with a big old swastika on the side of it. Waffen, Munition und von all dem ziemlich viel. Dieser Soldat oh, hatte etwas it anderes. There it is. It's a big swastika on the side of the tank. Oops. Meanwhile, photographs of Zelensky with death head soldiers, photographs of citizens in Kharkov, with swastikas on their arm, accidentally photographed and shared by Reuters. I mean, what is going on here? And they use this one little piece of information that causes the most confusion. NBC News says, yes, there are Nazis, but Putin was not right when he said there were Nazis. He was still wrong because, well, he's... Putin, he's Russia. 
So he was wrong, but we're going to tell you now that there are Nazis, but there aren't actual Nazis. Is that confusing? So Putin says there's Nazis. The media says there aren't Nazis, even though the media has reported for close to a decade now that there are Nazis and neo-Nazis in Ukraine. Now they say there are Nazis, but Putin was still wrong, and he was wrong that there are Nazis, although we just told you in the last paragraph and the headline of this NBC article from March that there are Nazis, but Putin was wrong about there being Nazis, and he's wrong even though we're right, and it contradicts us telling you that he's wrong because he was right, which makes us right, but he's still wrong and we're right, but then we're also even though telling you the truth that there are Nazis, there can't be Nazis because, here's the quote, on its face, Putin's smear is absurd, not least because Ukrainian President Zelensky is Jewish and has said that members of his family were killed during World War II. Hmm. They also say Putin's destructive actions, among them the devastation of Jewish communities, makes clear that he's lying when he says his goal is to ensure anyone's welfare. Well, I have a couple of observations about that. Number one, Amnesty International, very left wing, has confirmed what all the videos showed us, that Ukraine is placing military targets next to sensitive civilian targets, both neighborhoods, communities, schools, hospitals, etc., my second observation of this is there are a lot of Jewish people in Ukraine. So regardless of what you're bombing, you're probably going to hit some Jewish communities. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Like, for example, I, I didn't know how big of a Jewish community there was in Rochester, New York, when I lived there. They had a huge Jewish community, and uh, apparently they have the largest deaf population in the United States. I didn't know that when I moved there. And just using that as a silly example, if Rochester, New York was bombed by some foreign enemy, if you bomb the city, you're, you're probably going to hit the Jewish neighborhood, just like you're going to hit all the other neighborhoods, the poor black ghetto. You're going to hit the, the deaf communities like, so, I mean, is he targeting? See, that's the thing. It doesn't it's all propaganda. It doesn't make sense how there can be Nazis, but there aren't Nazis, but there are Nazis, but Putin was wrong about there not being Nazis, but we were right, even though we said he was wrong, but he is right, which makes us right and him wrong. It's just totally confusing. But their ace in the hole is always, well, Zelensky's Jewish, so he can't be a Nazi. I mean, a Nazi is just a political identity. It's just a national socialist. It's pretty simple. Pretty easy to understand that. So now that the mainstream media is acknowledging, yeah, there's Nazis. They're simultaneously claiming, and they've been doing this for months now, that it's impossible for there to actually be the Nazis that they say are there because Volodymyr Zelensky is Jewish. Now, earlier tonight, I told you that some of tonight's show might be controversial. I'm okay with that. That's what I do. But because this controversial ignites such this controversy ignites such emotional response, I'd like to direct you to something called the Havara Agreement. Now, I'll just type it in for you, and I'll read what immediately comes up. We'll do this in live time here, so you can read this and maybe get a better understanding of what's happening in Ukraine and also historically. Here is from the Jewish Virtual Library, Foreign Affairs. Here is the Independent, Yad Vashem, uh, 
this is a Jerusalem uh, website from Jerusalem. It says uh, Jerusalem something dot org. Military history. Uh, lots of different websites we could pull up here and, and, and read. Uh, here's the Jewish virtual library. I don't think you could get much more Jewish than this. Havara. This is their website. Havara, a company for the transfer of Jewish property from Nazi Germany to Palestine. The Trust and Transfer Office, Havara LTD, was established in Tel Aviv following an agreement with the German government in August of 1933 to facilitate the immigration of Jews to Palestine by allowing the transfer of their capital in the form of German export goods. The Havara Agreement is an instance where the question of Jewish rights, Zionist needs, and individual rescue were in deep tension. Jewish organizations outside of Germany had declared a boycott against German goods and hoped to prevent the Nazi regime from obtaining more power. The Zionists saw this agreement as a way of attracting Jews to Palestine and thus rescuing them from the Nazi universe, even if that meant cooperation with Hitler. I'm not writing this, okay? This is from the Jewish Virtual Library. Maybe you don't trust the Jewish Virtual Library. Personally, I don't care. You can find this on any historical website. You can find the... I have a copy of the actual Havara Agreement. and I have an actual physical copy, a scan from an archive of the actual agreement. Havara Limited. They set up the establishment of the transfer of Jews from Germany and parts of the Third Reich into Palestine. This also has to do with Great Britain because there was that creepy, crazy, psychotic thing called the Balfour Declaration. Remember the Balfour Declaration? Some of you might remember we've discussed that before. It was a public statement issued by the British government in 1917, around the time of the Bolshevik uprising in Russia. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Announcing support for the establishment of a national home for the Jewish people in Palestine. At the time, an Ottoman region with a small minority Jewish population. The author, Arthur Balfour, former prime minister of the United Kingdom. So now the picture starts to make a little bit more sense. The image starts to come together. 1917, the Balfour Declaration, the British government said, we believe that Jewish people should be brought to Palestine, and that is their promised land, and that is where they should be living. And this has led to the conflict that resides in that part of the world today, that has existed for a long, long time, where apparently God, 
acts as a real estate agent and God evicts Palestinians who have lived there for a lot longer than Jewish people have, although there was a Jewish population there. And God says, you're evicted, you're evicted, you're evicted. God does it with bulldozers, by the way. And then they bring in Jewish settlements, which are also a violation of international law. And they are in violation of UN charters. Like the, the UN even says it's illegal, but they don't really, they just do it anyway. Now, I understand that that statement probably sounds anti-Semitic. I don't know how it's anti-Semitic. We're talking about the British government taking a political stance and saying that they believe in 1917, Arthur Balfour, the former prime minister, Arthur Balfour, prime minister of the UK, and he says, we want to take Jewish people and place them in Palestine. Now we fast forward about 16 years, August 1933, to facilitate the immigration of Jews to Palestine, allowing the transfer of their capital in the form of German export goods. I think it was things like machinery, oranges, different types of things like that. So, hold on a second. Hitler actually set up the modern state of Israel. Did you know that? And even the Jewish virtual library... I mean, good for them. They're actually putting this on the Internet. This is real history that very rarely is told. And, and And they even say that Zionist political groups were advocating for the boycott of German goods. Here's the line. Jewish organizations outside of Germany had declared a boycott against German goods. I have a newspaper clipping. The Jewish Virtual Library is telling the hard truth. The Daily Express. This was in March. Judea declares war on Germany. Jews of all the world unite in action. Boycott of German goods. A lot of people don't know that Kristallnacht, Kristallnacht, when Nazis smashed, looted, and burned Jewish shops and temples, was actually a response in large part, this was in November later, in large part to the boycotting of German goods. And if you've read Joseph Goebbels' diary, I've not read the whole thing, I've read parts of Joseph Goebbels' diary, there's even a documentary on it. Joseph Goebbels' diary says that Joseph Goebbels went to Adolf Hitler and said, we need to stop the looting and the rioting and the attacking of Jews in the community. And Hitler said, we'll do that tomorrow, let those Jewish communities know how angry the German people are, and then we'll call a halt to this. They didn't set it up. German people just went out and rioted themselves, and then they eventually called an end to it. And at the time, they said Joseph Goebbels, Adolf Hitler, when they were discussing this, and it's in, it's in Goebbels' diary, so if you don't believe me, I don't read his diary. Uh, he says that um, when they called for a stoppage to this rioting, they stopped the rioting, the looting, and all that, more so rioting than looting, but there was looting uh, and the smashing and burnings of Jewish shops and temples and stuff like that. They actually said, if you continue to do this, you're going to go to jail. So I'm really confused. I'm really confused here. Let's break it down this way. Nobody said that Hitler was a good guy. Nobody said that Goebbels was a good guy. These are some of the most evil people to ever exist on this planet. Okay? But I'm not telling you my opinion on them 
from what I saw on the History Channel. I'm reading you news clippings, and I'm actually going to Jewish sources, the Jewish Virtual Library. Maybe if you're Jewish, maybe you don't trust the Jewish Virtual Library. Maybe you don't trust. I mean, there are so many Jewish news sites. There are so many Jewish libraries like this, encyclopedias, where they they tell you about this. This is that's where I learned it. I didn't learn it from some Nazi book. I learned it from Jewish websites, from Jewish books written by Jewish authors. So Germany was being boycotted by Judea, according to the Daily Express. Now, it wasn't Jewish communities. It, they, were, they were political Zionists who believed that, like the Balfour Declaration, that area of Palestine belonged as the home to the Jewish people, and Britain wanted to bring that transition about. So while Britain later fought against the Germans, although it was more of an economic battle than an ideological battle, both Britain and Germany agreed that Jews should be sent to Palestine and that should be their new home. As a lot of Jewish authors have pointed out, a lot of Jews in Eastern Europe didn't want to go to Palestine. They believed that it was just another concentration camp. Maybe that was because of the conditions of the time, but modern-day Israel is kind of sort of almost like a concentration camp. That big wall they build around it and what they do to the Palestinian people. So I know that a lot of listeners might think, I know a lot of you, I, 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 I assume and I hope that a lot of you understand what I'm saying and, and, and can grasp this without reflex, anti-Semitic response. But here's the thing. A lot of people that you call anti-Semites aren't anti-Semites because the definition of an anti-Semite is being anti-Semitic. And Semitic doesn't refer to someone who says, hey, check out the Balfour Declaration or the Havar Agreement. Semitic, if we define it, I'll define it for you in a dictionary here, relates to or denotes a family of languages that include Hebrew, Arabic, and Aramaic. And certain ancient languages such as Phoenician and Akkadian constituting the main subgroup of the Afro-Asiatic family. So Semitic means Hebrews. So sure, you know, if, if you, let's say you assault a Hebrew... <laughs> Find a Hebrew and assault them, that's, that's a hate crime. But Arabs are also Semites. So the whole idea that you can only be anti-Semitic towards Jewish people is totally a fabricated redefinition of the word. Arabs, by definition, not by stretching of the imagination, are Semites. Phoenicians, Akkadians, it, it, it has to do with language. But especially... Hebrew and Arabic. So a lot of Muslims might not be Arabs, but a lot of Arabs are Muslims. And therefore, if you have an issue and you discriminate against those Arabs, Muslim or otherwise, then that is anti-Semitic by definition. Now, why am I telling you all of this? Somebody went on to my Apple podcast feed for the free show with the ads and they said, I just rant five nights a week about how, how much I hate Jews. I don't understand that. We have a tremendous amount of Jewish listeners. I don't know what that means. Have I said, has I, have I said anything tonight that is even remotely anti-Semitic? Perhaps if you've defined anti-Semitic as being anti-Zionist. Perhaps if we look at people like Joe Biden, John Kerry, Mike Pence, 
These were all admitted Zionists. Donald Trump was a Zionist. Look at Jared Kushner. The guy, I mean, Trump's daughter converted to Judaism because Jared Kushner's Jewish. He, he was one of the main, the main advisors to Donald Trump. And it was all about the state of Israel. I mean, as much as Trump wanted to make America great, it was also make America great and also make Israel great. And this is the same policy position that virtually every president has had. Why is that? And why, if these people like Joe Biden are Zionists, would they be supporting countries like Ukraine that, according to BBC and Reuters and NBC, they have a Nazi problem? Well, that's because the Nazis, whether Zelensky is Jewish or Muslim or he's an atheist, it's irrelevant, The Nazis actually set up the modern state of Israel. And real Jewish people have been used as shields against the advancement of a radical, pseudo-religious political agenda. It's the same kind of religious agenda that we find in radical Christianity, fundamentalist Christianity. It's just another form of it. Christians suffer as a result. Muslims suffer as a result. Jews suffer as a result. Now, I believe that most of you are able to understand these concepts. I'm not an expert. But in the next segment, the next hour, we're going to go further into the situation in Ukraine and try to figure out what is happening. Nazis at the U.S. Capitol being praised. What is that all about? I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. A lot more after this. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. I hope that you'll check out my new book, Liberty Shrugged. I wrote Liberty Shrug to provide historical context and to dispel many of the myths that we learn about in American history. Inside the nearly 700-page book, you'll learn about meritocracy, the differences between civil liberties and civil rights, and how Western civilization didn't start slavery, but ended it as an institution that had existed for thousands of years. How many of the founding fathers did indeed own slaves, but what was peculiar about this was that these men would fight to end the institution for a variety of reasons. We look at the real causes of the American Revolution and the American Civil War. We prove without a doubt that slavery was in no way, shape, or form the cause of current socioeconomic issues which affect all people regardless of their color. In other words, this book dispels countless divisive social, cultural, and historical myths in an attempt to objectively find humble gratefulness in the American experience. Get your copy of Liberty Shrugged at thesecretteachings.info in softcover or digital. The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. 
Do you like the secret teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and soft cover with free shipping in the United States. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and crawl out to the fall out back to me. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Welcome back to the Secret Teachings Radio. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening around the world. If you'd like to contact me and the show, email rdgable at yahoo.com. That's r-d-g-a-b-l-e at yahoo.com. You can find us on the internet at www.thesecretteachings.info. You can find my books and our subscription service on the website to get you access to the show, the montages, my digital books, and more. If you subscribe, if you buy a book, you keep us on air Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific. Ground Zero Dot Radio is always the most reliable and efficient way to listen to the show. That's Ground Zero Dot Radio. You can also use the Aftermath FM li- uh, app, the link to that app you can find if you go to the with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time (gasps) no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Podcast uh, player section. I think there might be a section for that. Or you go to the apps on your phone and you search Aftermath FM. You should be able to find it pretty easily. It's all part of Clyde's show, of course. But Ground Zero allows us to do our show five nights a week. We appreciate that. And I appreciate all of you who tune into this show and who come over maybe tonight for the first time from Clyde's show. I appreciate you staying tuned to The Secret Teachings, an extremely controversial subject tonight. Personally, I don't find it controversial, but I know other people find it controversial. And we really touched on the apex of the controversy in the last segment, the controversy of the Balfour Declaration and the Havara Agreement. 
we were never taught about these things in school. We were never taught about these things in late night radio, conspiracy radio, whatever you want to call it. We're not allowed to talk about these things. But these things are instrumental in helping us to understand what is currently occurring in Ukraine. They are instrumental in helping us to understand, and I'll name them again for you, Balfour, B-A-L-F-O-U-R, Balfour Declaration and the Havara Agreement, H-A-A-V-A-R-A. And I sincerely, just like the show we did well, it wasn't on Elul, but we talked about Elul for a few minutes. It was more of an Antichrist show with King Charles. Last Wednesday, we did this show, and I, I reached out to, and, and I think Clyde also, he reached out to the Jewish audience and asked them to call into his show. And I did something similar to that, and I said, if, if you are of the Jewish faith or you, are, you consider yourself a Jew by some definition, let me know what you think of this, this uh, holiday and I had a couple people message me, whether same people or somebody else. If you're Jewish, I would like to know what you think of this, the Balfour Declaration and the Havar Agreement. Now, that's not the main subject of tonight's show, but those are important historical documents to understand if we are to grasp what is happening in Ukraine. Let me read you some of the headlines again. You can pull up so many of these. It's mind blowing. It's almost disorienting. BBC News, December 2014, Ukraine underplays role of far right in conflict. Here is an article from Reuters, March 2018, Ukraine's neo-Nazi problem. In the article, they say that there are 30 odd privately funded volunteer battalions. One of those battalions is the Azov Battalion. That Azov Battalion, unbeknownst to you, unbeknownst to me, met with U.S. representatives at the U.S. Capitol yesterday. This is what actually sparked tonight's show topic. That and the story out of Germany, a German news report. It's in German, but I'll play the few seconds of it here. A German news report that accidentally filmed... A Ukrainian tank rolling by with a swastika. Waffen, Munition und von all dem ziemlich viel. Dieser Soldat hatte etwas anderes. Oops, there's the swastika on the side of the tank. Maybe it's a little bit hard to see. They blew it up in the video. Here is an image of a man, another photograph shared by Reuters in Kharkov. He's got a swastika tattooed on his arm. Here is Zelensky. I'm sure they'll just say these photos are all fake and photoshopped. And that's okay. Maybe they're all fake and photoshopped. Maybe all of them are totally made up. But here's Zelensky standing next to a soldier who actually has the death head on his uniform. Now, I was told that photo was made up and it was fake. So be it. Maybe it's made up and it's fake. Maybe all these photos are fake. I think the question would then be, why are there swastikas and death heads being put on tanks and clothing photoshopped into backgrounds and foregrounds? Is Russia really that desperate to spread the myth that there are Nazis in Ukraine? Because Putin did say that his goal was demilitarization and denazification of Ukraine. But if that is the case and all these photos are totally made up, Totally made up stories, kind of like the Snake Island story and the Ghost of Kiev and the 
Russian women with the airsoft guns, if that's all made up the same way, well, we still know, according to Reuters and BBC and NBC and other news outlets, that there are Nazi groups in Ukraine. So somebody's playing at something weird here. If if there are there are so many made up photographs, why are we making up the photographs when the mainstream media is also telling us that there are Nazis in Ukraine? So just, something's off, don't you think? Something's wrong. Something's weird here. As I said, the Azov Battalion, some of their members met at the U.S. Capitol yesterday. That means you, as a taxpaying American citizen who follows the law, can't go to the U.S. Capitol. That is, unless you're not a Republican, because it's an insurrection. But Nazis from a foreign country can come to the U.S. Capitol And the members of Congress that you pay with your taxes that are supposed to represent you that you vote for meet and greet those Nazis. It's kind of like Anwar Alawaki, who was at the Pentagon, although he was supposedly part of the terrorist 9-11 networks. He was dining at the Pentagon, though. I never got invited to dine at the Pentagon. But terrorists from foreign nations, they get to dine at the Pentagon. Nazis from foreign nations, they get to have a meet and greet in the U.S. Capitol. Men, women, some Ukrainian soldiers, others actual Azov Battalion, Nazi wolf hook wearing Nazis. And the Ukrainian government has not really downplayed too much recently that they are accepting the assistance of these Nazi groups. So we are allowed to punch Nazis in our country, but then we're also supposed to send those Nazis money overseas to finance and to promote the advancement of their radical political agendas. We're supposed to hate borders here in the United States, but we're supposed to be really angry that Russia stepped over the Ukrainian border and we're supposed to not have guns here in the United States, but we're supposed to be really happy that Ukrainian civilians are getting guns and fighting back the Russians over a border dispute. We're not supposed to have money, but Zelensky can have money. We're not supposed to finance our military, but Zelensky can finance his military with our money. Something's wrong here. Something's off here. Something doesn't make sense here. Could it be everything? So after recent denials, months ago, the mainstream media finally acknowledged, yeah, there's Nazis in Ukraine. But NBC News said, although there are Nazis in Ukraine, Putin's still wrong. He's not trying to denazify Ukraine. So it was, I'm trying to denazify Ukraine. You're wrong. There's no Nazis. Okay, there are Nazis. Putin was still wrong. But we're also, although we're acknowledging there's Nazis, we're telling you in the same article that there aren't Nazis because Volodymyr Zelensky is Jewish. That's what the article literally says. There can't be Nazis because he's Jewish. You know, there were Jews in some of the higher military positions in Hitler's government. I don't know why Nazism is synonymous with the idea that you you couldn't be Jewish. I thought Jewish... Faith was a, I thought that was a religion. 
I, I didn't realize that it isolated you from being able to take a political stance on something. Doesn't make any sense to me. But you'll never understand any of this unless you grasp these two historical documents called Havara and Balfour. Then it will make more sense why someone like Zelensky, although he's Jewish, would support Nazi groups in Ukraine. And for a long time, there have been Nazis in Ukraine, going back at least eight years to 2014. Even Reuters and BBC reported that. So in 1933, the Nazi party made an agreement with Zionists. This is according to the Jewish Virtual Library. So if you want to tell someone they're anti-Semitic, contact the Jewish Virtual Library. The Havar Agreement is an instance where the question of Jewish rights, Zionist needs, and individual rescue were in deep tension. Jewish organizations outside of Germany had declared a boycott against German goods. I have an article, that a news clipping, that actually proves that. The headline is, Judea declares war on Germany. Jews of all the world unite in action. So the Jewish Virtual Library, among so many others, this isn't the only source you can find. There's literally dozens. Just type in Havara Agreement with two A's and you'll find it. Uh, Havara was part of something called the Trust and Transfer Office. Trust and Transfer Office, Havar LTD. It was established in Tel Aviv following an agreement with the German government in August of 1933 to facilitate the immigration of Jews to Palestine by allowing the transfer of their capital in the form of German export goods. So this benefited the Germans, the Nazi party, and not so much the Jews that were forced to go to Palestine, but it, it, it had benefits for all sides. You can also find this in a museum. This is a coin that was minted between Joseph Goebbels and the Zionist movements that were behind the establishment with Hitler's assistance of the modern state of Israel. It is a commemorative coin denoting the agreement and the venture of Leopold von Mildenstein and Kurt Tuchler. So that is a coin that is in a museum. Here's the newspaper article, March of 1933, the boycotting of German goods. And then here is the Jewish virtual library. And again, so many others, Jewish newspapers, Jewish encyclopedias. A few months later, April, May, June, July, August, five months later, the facilitation of the agreement was established and or the agreement was established, the facilitation of moving uh, capital in the form of German goods, export goods from Germany to Palestine and creating the modern state of Israel, which was discussed 16 years before former prime minister of the UK, Arthur Balfour. Arthur, uh, Arthur Balfour was the author of the Balfour Declaration, a public statement issued by the British government announcing support for the establishment of a national home for the Jewish people in Palestine. Not all Jewish people wanted to go there, of course, but they were sort of forced to against their will. Sound familiar? Now, again, these are actual documents that you can you can pull up and read. I mean, if you again, if you don't uh, you don't believe me or you think this is somehow anti-Semitic, fine. But um, this is from archives. I mean, I, I don't know what you want me to want me to do. That's for, I'm, I'm looking at archival documents. So again. It was Great Britain and the UK 
that promoted and advocated for a Jewish home in Palestine. And a few years later, early 1930s, it was the German government, the Nazi party, which had just come to power. They agreed to do just what Britain wanted to do, despite the fact that Britain would later go to war against Germany in that decade. I mean, you see, geopolitical issues are much more complex. We're told it's Hitler evil, Churchill good. But that's not even the case. In fact, I want to read you something that you're going to find highly offensive, probably. My sensibilities are like, that's highly offensive. That's what I think. I'm like, that's highly offensive. Hold that. I can't, I can't read that on air. But I have to read this to you on air. Winston Churchill wrote in 1920. He said that there's. Well, the, the name of the let me tell you the name of the article. Zionism versus Bolshevism. Churchill had just seen the Bolshevik uprising in Russia. And the overthrow of the. Of the Romanovs, Romanovs. And. Um, let me read this. Quote from the Illustrated Sunday Herald. This is, again, Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill, you know, the guy that everybody loves so much, Winston Churchill, writing this. He said, this movement among the Jews is not new. From the days of Spartacus Weishaupt to those of Karl Marx and down to Trotsky, Bela Kuhn, Hungary, Rosa Luxemburg, Germany, and Emma Goldman in the United States. This worldwide conspiracy for the overthrow of civilization and for the reconstitution of society on the basis of arrested development of envious malevolence and impossible equality has been steady, steadily growing. Now, I didn't say that. We can understand that, right? I didn't write those words. Winston Churchill wrote those words. Now, the name of the article shows he's not talking about Jewish people. He's talking about a political movement that hides behind the Jewish label. This is what's infuriating because when people say it's anti-Semitic to discuss these things, what they're actually doing is they're protecting the people that are using the Jewish identity as a political pawn to advance their radical political agendas. And precisely what Churchill wrote, personally, I'm not a huge fan of Churchill, but what Churchill wrote is He said, this is a society of arrested development, envious malevolence, and impossible equality. That is precisely what rose up in Germany during the Weimar years of the 1920s. Arrested development, malevolence, and impossible equality by creating a less equal society, a violent, dangerous society, one that was filled with smut and pornography and the disintegration of the familial structure. In fact, Adolf Hitler wrote that in Mein Kampf. And funny enough, Adolf Hitler's comments on this issue were less severe than Winston Churchill. Did you know that? If you read what Winston Churchill wrote, his commentary on Zionism was less severe or was more severe rather than Adolf Hitler. I know that it's considered evil to read this to you, but I'm going to read it anyway because I I don't believe in banning books, including the Communist Manifesto. So here's what Hitler said in Mein Kampf. Remember, we're not talking about Jewish people. They keep using that line because they're trying to use Jewish people and the Jewish identity as a shield. Just like so many people today that are minor attracted people use the LGBTQ plus community as a shield against their perversity. Same exact thing. Just like white liberals tend to use black people and a degrading 
counterproductive culture, what they call black culture, which isn't black culture, as an excuse to advance their political agendas. It's the same exact thing, okay? So here's what Adolf Hitler said. One needed only to look at the posters announcing the hideous productions of the cinema and theater and study the names of the authors who were highly lauded there in order to become permanently adamant on Jewish questions. Again, we're talking about Zionism. Here was a pestilence, a moral pestilence, with which the public was being infected. It was worse than the Black Plague of long ago, and in what mighty doses this poison was manufactured and distributed. Naturally, the lower the morale and intellectual level of such an author of artistic products, the more inexhaustible his facundity. Sometimes it went so far that one of these fellows, acting like a sewage pump, would shoot his filth directly into the face of other members of the human race. I don't know why I always found that line kind of funny. But he says... Though my feelings might rebel a thousand times, reason now had to draw its own conclusions. The fact that nine-tenths of all the smutty literature, artistic tripe, and theatrical ben, uh, banalities had to be charged to the account of people who formed scarcely 1% of the nation, that fact could not be gainsaid. So Hitler said, I don't really necessarily believe this outright, my sensibilities say that this is wrong. My feelings rebel, but this seems to be reality. Now, that's, a compl- that's in Mein Kampf, but we're not allowed to read Mein Kampf, right? Winston Churchill, on the other hand, was much more severe and just said this movement of Jews is not new from Spartacus and Weishaupt to Karl Marx, Trotsky, Bella Kuhn, Rosa Luxemburg, Emma Goldman, a worldwide conspiracy to overthrow civilization. Winston Churchill sounds way more anti-Semitic than Adolf Hitler did based on that quote, based on that statement. But if we go to Jewish historical websites, they tell us that it was the Jewish Zionist elements, which is a political movement that boycotted German goods. And it was the German government and the Nazi party that made an agreement with those Zionists, even though a lot of Jewish people didn't want to leave the areas of Eastern Europe where they had lived and to put them into a new camp, if you will, in Palestine, the home of what Balfour declared to be the Jewish people, a national home for the Jewish people in Palestine. So now that we've read those two quotes, and if we have any listeners left, I want you to take a deep breath and once again realize that this has nothing to do with Jewish people. Just like LGBTQ tends to have very little to do with gay people because LGBTQ tends to promote minor attracted people now. It's been hijacked. The Jewish identity has been hijacked. Norman Finkelstein, famous Jewish author, wrote that in his book, The Holocaust Industry. They always need more money, 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 money. Very similar to what Zelensky is asking for in Ukraine. He claims that there's genocide being committed by the Russians. He needs money to combat it. The irony is, Ukraine has been committing genocide against the Russians in Ukraine. Both sides are terrible. I don't personally want to have have a, have a, a you know a, a relationship with Ukraine. I don't want to go to Ukraine and live. I don't want to go to Russia and live. I'm an American. I'm happy where I am in America. But the story that we are being told, the narrative that is being spun, doesn't make any sense. I mean, we actually have real Nazis, real freaking Nazis, meeting with members of Congress in the U.S. Capitol where Ashley Babbitt was killed. Just yesterday. That should be front page news. Members of Congress meet with Nazis 
they need to resign. Instead, it's Adam Schiff and his Hitler. Literally, Hitler wore the same tan outfit that Adam Schiff wore, wore during this meeting. I mean, I don't know what I don't know what it takes to. I mean, I, I under I know that you all listening understand this, but like for for your friends, your family, your relatives that don't grasp this, I don't know what it's going to take for these people to understand. Maybe they're never, they're just never going to understand it. I, I I don't have a stance on this stuff. Okay, I'm not taking a side per se. But what I'm telling you is, even Amnesty International says the Ukrainians are putting these military targets next to. Jewish communities, they didn't say Jewish community, they said hospitals and schools. They're putting them in civilian neighborhoods. There's a lot of Jewish people that live there. So, of course, when they strike those military targets, they're going to hit Jewish communities as well as other communities. They're going to hit schools and hospitals. Amnesty International said that. I didn't say that. NBC News says Putin was wrong. There aren't Nazis, but there actually are Nazis. If we say it's true, if Putin says it's wrong, but there really can't be Nazis because Zelensky's Jewish. Hell, Adolf Hitler was part Jewish. What does Judaism have to do with politics? Unless you're a Zionist, it has nothing to do with politics, with the exception that a lot of Christians tend to lean conservative, a lot of atheists tend to lean liberal, and a lot of Jewish people tend to lean liberal as well. I mean, that's a matter of culture. It's a matter of identity and beliefs. But otherwise, politics and religion don't don't fuse together by standard, you know, cold definition. So when we look at these things, it, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And I sit here tonight behind this microphone talking to you, looking at these pictures in the U.S. Capitol, looking at the swastikas on the tanks, looking at the swastika tattoo in this guy's arm in Kharkov. Can't have that in Germany. You can have that in Ukraine. And, uh, I mean, I, I remember the, the death head photo was supposedly photoshopped, but maybe it wasn't. I, I don't know. But what I do know for sure is I've got mainstream media eight years ago telling me there's a lot of Nazis in Ukraine. Lots of Nazis. And, and also, by the way, I talked about this last Friday on a show called Eat More NyQuil. It's like a Chick-fil-A kind of a playful title. And I, and I saw Clyde tonight was talking about this so-called, <laughs> this new Russian bat virus, right? This new Russian bat virus that could be very much like uh, SARS-CoV-2. It's a Russian virus. So I called it Putin's virus on the show. Researchers say they found this new Russian virus. So once again, we're more concerned with a potential Russian coronavirus than we are about dozens of biological laboratory bioweapons facilities in Ukraine admitted by the Pentagon to exist. A Pentagon memo from a couple of months ago says the United States has also worked collaboratively to improve Ukraine's biological safety, security, and disease surveillance for both human and animal health providing support to 46 peaceful Ukrainian laboratories, health facilities, and disease diagnostic sites over the last two decades. So they're literally fun. They've been financing and running bio weapons labs, biosafety labs, whatever you want to call them. They're, they're peaceful laboratories. Okay. Uh, the Pentagon announced that. And of course, uh, the, uh, 
various backers of these laboratories include Pfizer, Moderna, Merck, Barack Obama, Clintons, etc. So what that means to you might be different than what it means to the person sitting next to you or to your friends or to your family. Maybe it means nothing. You're just so consumed by the politics of left and right. But when we got Nazis meeting in the U.S. Capitol and Adam Schiff in a Hitler suit coming out to greet them, I think we have a problem here. We're supposed to punch Nazis, but then finance them in Ukraine. Something's wrong here. And they tell us there can't be Nazis there. Zelensky's Jewish. We have a big problem. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There is a lot more after this. You don't want to miss the final segment tonight. Stay with us. Listening to the Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey, this is John Peasy at johnpeasy.com, and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teachings. So it's taken months, but my new book, Liberty Shrugged, is finally available. Nearly 700 pages with archived images. It will leave you fascinated and wanting more. See, hatred for America and the Constitution is based on misconceptions of history and the rule of law. Charges of racism, sexism, and bigotry don't hold up to history and context. They stem from nullifiers who wanted to replace the Constitution and maintain hierarchy, as with the Confederate Constitution, which aimed to preserve the institution of slavery. But racism was not the foundation of that institution. It was a final justification to defend an institution which had existed forever and for which Western civilization and colonialism was actually taking steps to end. Africans and Arabs organized slave trading far exceeding anything in the Atlantic, and some continue to this day. Also, a woman's role in household duties was as systemic as a man's role in the legislature or on the battlefield. Indian tribes, when they weren't at war with one another, were choosing sides with the Europeans. See, we can't address history from the air-conditioned seats of a progressive university and pass judgments on men, women, and events that we know nothing about. My book, Liberty Shrugged, attempts to dispel countless historical, cultural, and social myths in order to find an objective understanding of history, the present, and the future. It's Liberty Shrugged at www.thesecretteachings.info. I hope you'll get a copy today for yourself, for your friends, for your family. I think you'll really enjoy it. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio. Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis and The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Thanks, Ryan. This is David Knight with thedavidknightshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Thank you. 
Welcome back to The Secret Teachings Radio. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Obviously, over the years, there have been world leaders, dictators, politicians, prophets, those that the average person who might have a very strong faith or belief in a religious ideology have thought were the Antichrist. Hitler was called the Antichrist. I'm sure a few people called Stalin the Antichrist. A lot of people think that they've identified the Antichrist. Ronald Reagan was the Antichrist. Nero was the Antichrist. Caesar was the Antichrist. So many Antichrists, right? And they may embody the essence of what the Antichrist is. They may embody the essence of what that opposing force is or represents. But we say that these individuals, even Barack Obama, he was the Antichrist, according to some. We say these individuals are Antichrists, and that largely comes, again, from a a religious background and an ideology, whether you believe it or not, that is dressed up in uh, religious prophecy, uh, prophecy, etc. And... When we look at the war or what the, whatever it is, the occupation, whatever you want to call it in Ukraine, and I call it whatever because I don't really know. I mean, unarmed people walking into the capital is an insurrection. It's World War II. It's the Holocaust. It's 9-11. But burning down cities is peaceful. So I don't know. Maybe the invasion of a foreign country is, is also a peaceful demonstration of power on Putin's part. I'm not really sure what to call it. But the invasion of Ukraine. A lot of pastors, a lot of Christians, a lot of religious-minded people have said, and we did one show on this back in, I think, March or April of this year, they've said that this is potentially the ignition, the fanning of the flame of Armageddon. We read you the articles, USA Today, Washington Post, pastor believes this is the end times, uh, etc. There's so many stories, I can't even recall all of them. Part of it is because of the, you know, the, the, the Magog and the Gog and, you know, all that stuff that's probably and pretty much misunderstood. And just, people are just applying these names and these biblical stories to current events, which we've done for thousands of years. And one of the things that has led to supporting this divine Armageddon end of the world scenario, the cases of the unidentified flying objects and the lightning striking Russian military equipment, etc., And if you remember, we did a couple of shows on this. On the eve of Russia entering into Ukraine, a statue of St. Michael the Archangel, which is the patron saint of Kiev, began bleeding from the head on a woman's nightstand in Broomfield, Colorado. Or her dresser on the other side of the room. nightstand or a dresser she had it on. It was bleeding. St. Michael, in the stories, conquers the ancient serpent. He does it with a sword. He weighs the souls during the final judgment. He's also associated with the eastern wind. So we have things happening in eastern Europe, things happening in eastern Ukraine, the breakaway regions where the Russians have been slaughtered by the Nazis in Ukraine. And of course, St. Michael, there's a big statue of him in Kiev. And of course, Michael kills the serpent by thrusting a sword through it. Now, if you have studied Jewish mysticism or you've studied 
Hebrew or you've studied, uh, let's say, uh, Golden Dawn magic. I've studied a little bit of each. There is a symbol that if you read esoteric books, they'll tell you well what the original meaning is. It's Aleph, the first letter of the Semitic uh, alphabet. Um, they, there's different versions of it, Phoenician, Aramaic, Hebrew, Syriac, Arab, uh, Arabic, uh, North Arabian, South Arabian. There's just different versions of it. But the, the Hebrew version is, it looks like, kind of looks like, um, could be an N with a line through it. If you're actually writing it in a more like calligraphy, it looks a little bit different. But in esoteric or occult books, books on magic, they call Aleph the sword and the serpent. So we've talked about over the last couple of months on a few shows, going more so back to the beginning of this year, the significance of St. Michael the Archangel, the sword and the serpent, the significance also of the Z, the letter Z, which was found and seen on a lot of Russian tanks, a lot of Russian uniforms, the Latin letter on the side of those tanks, communication trucks, rocket launchers. It's also worn by the Russian gymnast Ivan Kuliak, who faced disciplinary proceedings from the International Gymnastics Foundation or Federation for displaying the letter on a podium next to his Ukrainian rival. Now, the symbol is probably not a letter in the traditional sense, and due to the fact that it's, I mean, the Russians are wearing it, and the Russian uh, alphabet is, is much different. So uh, the symbol probably based on them wearing it is meant to represent a, a, an idea, an expression of an idea. It's more of a, a symbol. I mean, letters are symbols, but it's more of a symbol that represents an idea than it is a letter that it represents a word or something like that. The letter might be used to identify friendly forces, make sure troops are in the right place. Could be a lot of different types of things. I, I, I don't know. We did a whole show on this, though. I'm just kind of recapping this idea. When you look at what some of the news outlets were saying at the time, CNN said it is part of a new nationalist movement. New nationalist movement. According to Aglaya Snetkov from the University College of London, the symbol should not be seen as fascist because, quote, there are lots of memes transforming the Z into a swastika, but that's done by people who want to push back against the regime. The irony is that Vladimir Putin has explicitly said he was attempting to get rid of leftover Nazi networks in Ukraine, as well as those biological weapons labs or peaceful facilities, according to the Pentagon, which said that they've financed according to a memo they released back sometime around mid-June. They've financed and helped at least 46 of these labs that we were told didn't exist. So Putin says he's fighting these Nazis, right? He's fighting these evil Nazis. According to news reports, we've looked at these news reports tonight, there are plenty more than what I've pulled up, but BBC News, Reuters, 2014, 2018, and NBC News recently in 2022, all saying that there is a far right in Ukraine. I mean, it's not a theory. There's freaking pictures of them. They have uh, the flags with the blue and yellow. They have the uh, 
the wolf's head or the wolf's hook on those flags. That's like the Aleph. So these groups are known neo-Nazis. BBC News published a photograph back in 2014, way before anything happened that you know about today. And it says the Azov Volunteer Battalion is run by an extremist group and sports a modified neo-Nazi wolf's hook. This is not an opinion. So Putin was right. There are Nazi groups in Ukraine. He might be fighting them. He might not be fighting them. I don't know. We don't know. We also know there are at least 29 other privately funded volunteer battalions that have been working with the Ukrainian military in part or by themselves to eliminate Russian separatists in eastern Ukraine. That, again, is not a theory. That, again, is not a conspiracy. The breakaway regions in eastern Ukraine, Donetsk and Luhansk, have been decimated. And those Russian people have been slaughtered. And when they told you in the mainstream media, even the UN published these numbers and said, hey, people were fleeing out of Ukraine. They were going to other countries. A a, a large percentage of the people that left Ukraine went to Russia. Why would they go to the country that was attacking them? Now, war has been waged in this region for at least seven years at least since the installation of the Zelensky government after an overthrow of the previous regime at the hands of the International Monetary Fund and others. 14,000 people have died since then, many of them civilians. We're not allowed to talk about that, though, right? We're not allowed to discuss that, right? You can go through the whole history of what that Z represents. It's not really the subject of tonight's show, but these are some of the ideas that we've discussed on previous shows. All of them are in the archives. Also the comparison of Putin to Julius Caesar, who was assassinated on March 15th. Senator Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham Cracker, he compared Vladimir Putin to Julius Caesar on March 3rd, just days before the Pluto return. That was a big thing during that time, which signaled the end of the Roman Empire. And of course, in 2015, some of you might remember Russia's Victory Day holiday was celebrated with a bust of Putin as the Roman emperor. So there are a lot of strange historical and symbolic pieces of data, data points that need to be understood to really grasp what is happening. One thing I was thinking of this morning before I really got all the pieces together for tonight's show was it took a couple of years for the general public to really get used to the idea of the what I think most people realized at the time, and especially looking back, was a totally unwarranted invasion of Afghanistan and occupation of subsequent nations in that part of the world. I mean, obviously you had the Gulf War, but after 9-11, we knew Afghanistan, Iraq, these countries had nothing to do with it. The hijackers were supposedly from Saudi Arabia, right? Well, that all followed the project for the New American Century and the neocons, and it all benefited the the, the political state of Israel. Uh, the Jared Kushner's best friend, Netanyahu, 
He even said that. He said that we're, we're benefiting from the attack on the World Trade Centers, uh, Center, centers and the Pentagon. Benjamin Netanyahu said that. Very good friends with Jared Kushner, whose wife converted to Judaism, and they were advisors to Donald Trump, who, was, who, who is an admitted Zionist. Although he did tell AIPAC that he wasn't there for their money at one point, which I thought was pretty funny. So every administration in the United States seems to be a supporter of the state of Israel. A lot of that's religious. A lot of that's economical, financial. A lot of that's political. But as some historians have pointed out, and as some congressmen have even alluded to, there is a strange reaction that the United States had after 9-11 following the project for the new American century and thrusting U.S. military dominance into the enemy territory of Israel, fighting wars to defend the nation of Israel, even though those countries had nothing to do with the 9-11 attacks. Remember all this? So looking at that and then fast forwarding to today, we are allowed to attack, spit on, and punch Nazis. But it's also perfectly acceptable and morally necessary to fund those same Nazis overseas. We have sent 50 plus billion dollars to Ukraine. It was $54 billion as of May. June, July, August, September, four months ago. We've sent billions since then. When you factor in that that money doesn't exist, and you factor in the growing inflation, and you factor in, depending on how that money was, was sent, if it was part of a loan or if it was just manufactured, either way, we're talking about a much greater cost than a dollar, even if that was all that we gave them. As a result of that, Americans have to suffer. Baby formula shipped to Ukraine while Americans suffer. Our border left wide open, but we're told it's actually secure, but we shouldn't care about borders because it's racist. However, we are financing a foreign country full of Nazis, admittedly, to push back against another foreign country that we hate, Russia, for crossing its border. It's very confusing, isn't it? You see more Ukrainian flags in American neighborhoods now, at least I do, here in Tucson, than I see American flags. There is a, I mean, if, if you're in Tucson, take a, take a drive around some of the neighborhoods. I know we have at, at, least, a, at least half a dozen listeners here in Tucson alone uh, that I know of. Take a drive around Tucson if you haven't seen it already. Uh, there's a neighborhood over by the Orange Fitness. It's Orange Fitness where the uh, there's like a, a Chevron station across the street where gas is always like $2 more than anywhere else in the city. It's that area. If you drive down one of those neighborhoods there, I, there's a road there, I swear to God, right off the, right, I think it's off Speedway, right off Speedway, there's like eight houses on this road. Every one of them is flying a Ukrainian flag, either the physical flag or they're flying in their window a giant Ukrainian flag. Either they've printed it or they've painted it. You drive down that road, you feel like you're in Eastern Europe. You feel like you're in a Slavic country, not America. It doesn't make any sense. We're supposed to hate American flags. I mean, the woman that's running for governor here for the Democratic Party in Arizona, 
has advocated for and voted for legislation to remove the flag from the GD classroom, to remove the Constitution from the GD textbook, to remove the Pledge of Allegiance, to remove anything that's American from the classroom. And yet, people supposedly support this person. They hate flags, they hate borders, abort babies, but we got to send the formula to Ukraine. We have to finance them over a border dispute, and we have to fly their flag in our country. And Zelensky gets to come to Congress and tell them, I want more money. Well, how about American cities that need more police, firefighters? How about American cities that, if they don't have money, need some money to clean up the city? to hire more police and to train them properly so we can get crime rates back down to what they had been, which was a a plummeting of crime since the 80s and 90s. Why don't we spend this money to make our communities safer? You know, this affects everybody, including some Ukrainian refugees who have come here. Do Ukrainian refugees want to come to American cities and live in similar conditions to what they were living in in Ukraine, American cities might not be, in, be might not have uh, have bombs being dropped on them, but they're surely just as dangerous in other ways. Do you think those Ukrainians want to deal with that? Do you think a Christian, a Muslim, a Jew, a black person, a white person, a Hispanic person, an Asian person, or any other group of individuals, do you think anybody wants to deal with the crime and the poverty? Do you think anybody wants to live in those conditions? Then why are we sending our money? To this foreign nation, send them humanitarian aid. But if you're sending them military aid, you are actively engaging in a war with that country which has invaded them. Just like sanctions, sanctions are an act of war. Sending military equipment or financing the purchase of military equipment to Ukraine is an act of war on Russia. This is not a good foreign policy. Putting Israel over the United States is not a good foreign policy. A lot of people say that's not true. We don't put Israel before the United States. Well, we're certainly putting Ukraine before the United States, aren't we? Maybe we should have blue and yellow hats. And and we can call it MUGA. Make Ukraine great again. I'm sure you'd be welcome in any restaurant with those hats. Make Ukraine great again. Of course we have to do these things. We have to give them money and we have to secure their border and we have to fight back against the the gangs and the military and the well, we also have to give them guns, but you can't have guns. I mean, it's it's almost like Ukraine is being treated like the US Republic. And the US Republic is being treated like Russia. We have to pay more. We have to be sanctioned. We can't have guns. We can't have a border. We can't have baby formula. We can't have safe cities. But Ukraine can. That doesn't make any sense. It makes less sense when you consider the fact that here in the United States at the U.S. Capitol where Ashley Babbitt was murdered by a psychopath, Adam Schiff, dressed like Adolf Hitler, Adolf Hitler wore the tan suits, Adam Schiff comes out in a tan suit, met literally with Nazi Azov soldiers at the U.S. Capitol yesterday. Something is really wrong. Something is critical. Something is terrifyingly being birthed right now in the public perception. Do you see what's happening? I have like 
a tiny glimmer of an idea. There's only so much we can cram into two hours. Go something like this. You've got tanks in Ukraine, groups in Ukraine that are working with the military, and you have civilians all wearing, sporting, using Nazi or neo-Nazi symbols, swastikas, wolves, uh, wolf's hooks, etc. You have Ukraine receiving financing from the U.S. government. You have Nazis in the U.S. Capitol. And you have NBC News saying that Putin was wrong. There are Nazis, even though Putin said there were Nazis and they said, no, he's wrong. There aren't Nazis. But Putin was right, but he's also wrong. There are Nazis. But NBC News says, listen to this article, Ukraine's Nazi problem is real, even if Putin's denazification claim isn't. There's a lot of Jewish communities in Ukraine, folks. So whatever you're bombing, you're probably going to hit a Jewish community in the same way that if you bomb a military target that is Ukrainian, you're probably going to hit a school or a hospital because as Amnesty International reported, which they called an, they called Amnesty International anti-Semitic. How is Amnesty International anti-Semitic? They're, the, they're one of the most left-wing groups that you can find. And this extremist left-wing group said, yeah, the Ukrainians are putting targets next to schools and hospitals. So I don't know what you want from me. That's what Amnesty International said. And they're putting those targets next to those sensitive locations. So when you hit them, you're probably going to hit a school, a hospital, or a Jewish community. They're doing that intentionally as a means of propaganda. They don't care about the civilians living there unless they're civilians in places like Kharkov that have swastika tattoos on their arms. Then it's okay. Then you're protected by the Nazi battalions that basically run large parts of the Ukrainian military that are being financed and funded by U.S. taxpayer dollars. But NBC News says that can't be true because Zelensky's Jewish. And it's like, well, I mean, it's just like it's 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 clutch, you know. Use that line and you can never be wrong. And that's the problem. Use that line. You can't be wrong. Zelensky's Jewish. So all these conspiracy, they're not conspiracies. There's photographs, there's video, there's Nazis at the U.S. Capitol. And I'm not talking about ones you elected. I'm talking about ones that you elected that are greeting the actual Nazis dressed like freaking Adolf. Adam Schiff is literally dressed like Adolf Hitler meeting Nazis in the U.S. Capitol. Our friend Jim Mars wrote The Rise of the Fourth Reich. And he told us, he told you, if you read his books, you know this story. Paperclip and all the other stories. I mean, Disney and NASA were financed and funded and created by actual Nazis. Large parts of Silicon Valley. Nazis. Major corporations, Nazis, or they were they were supported by the Nazis. Ford, for example, comes to mind. Boeing, for example, comes to mind. Just like those Toyota trucks we send over to ISIS or Al-Qaeda. But we don't protest and try to cancel them the rise of the fourth reich i never thought i'd see the day where actual nazis and they're not all nazis by the way some of them are actually ukrainian soldiers that aren't nazis but actual nazis met in the u.s capitol by adam schiff who is wearing what amounts to an adolf hitler you look it up if you don't believe me adolf hitler wore these tan suits okay adam schiff is wearing a similar suit to Adolf Hitler. It's not the same design. It's the same color scheme. 
What are the chances of him wearing an actual Nazi suit, an actual Hitler suit, to meet actual Nazis in the literal U.S. Capitol? NBC News, though, it can, they can't be Nazis because Zelensky's Jewish. Well, perhaps if we go to Jewish historical websites and Jewish historical books written by Jewish authors, they'll tell us why that is. Because in 1933, earlier that year, this is a headline from an article, Judea declares war on Germany, Jews of all the world's united action, boycott of German goods. Leopold von Mildenstein and Kurt Tuckler, along with Joseph Goebbels, the Nazi SS elite and Zionist elite met and they minted a coin with a swastika on one side and a Star of David on the other side. It was an agreement between the Nazis and the Zionists, and this is on Jewish history websites, called the Havara Agreement. The Trust and Transfer Office Havara LTD established a few months after that boycott, August 1933, to facilitate the immigration of Jews to Palestine by allowing the transfer of their capital in the form of German export goods. The Havara Agreement is an instance where the question of Jewish rights, Zionist needs, and individual rescue were in deep tension. Jewish organizations outside of Germany had declared a boycott against German goods and hoped to uh, uh, assist in this transfer uh, from the Nazi regime into the Zionist regime. The Zionists saw this agreement as a way of attracting Jews to Palestine and thus rescuing them from the Nazi universe, even if that meant cooperation with Hitler. It's from a Jewish source, by the way. Norman Spinkelstein, another author. Uh, what's the other guy? Shlomo Sand or something. He's a, he's, he's a, a professor in Tel Aviv. Uh, these, these are Jewish sources of information I'm reading you. And then you have people like Adolf Hitler and Mein Kampf who said, um, uh, he's like, it's a, my thoughts and, and sensibilities were offended by the idea that there were any uh, groups that were using the Jewish identity to, to um, or exploiting the Jewish identity to rip apart uh, the fabric of, uh, of a cohesive society. Winston Churchill wrote the same thing in 1920 in the Illustrated Sunday Herald. But these so-called Jewish groups were actually Zionist groups. They're political groups. They use the Jewish identity to advance their political agendas, just like minor attracted people use the gay identity to advance their personal agendas. Just like white liberals use the black culture, which isn't a black culture, to advance their political agendas. These are shields. Even before Hitler, even before Churchill, former UK Prime Minister Arthur Belfour issued a statement, a declaration that Britain supported the establishment of a national home for the Jewish people in Palestine. That was way before Adolf Hitler, folks. Hitler was still fighting in World War I. That was Britain that said that. So maybe that's why. Zelensky's Jewish, but he's supporting these Nazi groups because it was the Jewish, well, they actually weren't Jewish, they were Zionists, elite that made deals with the Nazis. I mean, if, you, if that offends you, I don't know what to tell you. There's the coin, there's the documents, there's more documents, there's encyclopedias, Jewish encyclopedias, Jewish authors, Jewish books, like, are all these Jewish people anti-Semitic? I mean, Arabs are Semites. If, uh, so, what we've discussed, and I understand is controversial, but maybe, and hopefully, and I, and I really, really think it gives us a better perspective on what is happening in Ukraine. It gives us a better perspective on what is happening 
with Zelensky and what is happening with our government while we have Adam Schiff dressed up like Adolf Hitler meeting actual Nazis in the Capitol. Normally, I'd have something more profound to tell you tonight at the end of the show, but I, I, I don't. That's what I have for you. You want proof to anything I said tonight, anything I've presented you, email me at rdgable at yahoo.com. Thesecretteachings.info is the website. Please subscribe to our archive. Last night, we had a very interesting show, The Transition of SARS-CoV-2 or Cove 2 to CO2. Tonight, obviously, you listen to the show, you know what it was about. The rest of the week, it's up for grabs. I'm not sure what we're going to talk about yet. I decide every day, so stay tuned to The Secret Teachings, Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, right after Ground Zero and Clyde Lewis on Ground Zero.radio. By the way, our show, if it was highly offensive, has nothing to do with Ground Zero. They don't tell us what we do or don't say, can or can't say, so don't get mad at them. If you have questions, email me at rdgable at yahoo.com, secretteachings.info, facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings, TST underscore underscore radio on Twitter. And as always, stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. The music, white, bad audio. And we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Have a really great night, morning, wherever you are listening around the world. Hope you'll join us tomorrow. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info.